Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. As they slowly exit the pulpit, All right, we're on slide number 21 there. Velvet, who does a fabulous job week in and week out. Again, my heart goes out to any man or any woman that's married to an unsaved person or maybe saved but very much backslidden, acting like an unsaved person for the most part. Uh, With that in mind, I thought I was going to be through the verses that deal with the wife uh, this morning and that this afternoon we would be dealing with the husband. Uh, that being the case, we're not going to get through that. And, and it's similar, to be honest. It's similar, the instruction uh, that God gives to the men dealing with the wife, but, but different. Uh, I'll probably do that Wednesday night. Uh, I still want to get back to our systematic theology, but I think we'll just uh, go ahead and this Wednesday night finish up with uh, these verses. Uh, but tonight, as we continue, or this afternoon, as we continue on, we're in First Peter, chapter three, and we're going to look at verse number three. This is more instruction from God to a wife that is living with a difficult husband. He talks about it's not going to be through your words; it's going to change him. It's going to be through your lifestyle. It's going to be how you live your life that has the best potential to help him. And then he changes gears a little bit. As I mentioned at the end of the service this morning, when in verse 3 he continues by saying, who's adorning, talking about the wife, married to this difficult guy, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on apparel. And I mentioned this morning that I, I really believe the reason the Lord says this is because some women might think that that's the way to change him is to, you know, focus on the exterior. And there's nothing wrong with focusing on the exterior. For example, you you can see the comment below. Peter was not here condemning all outward adornment. His condemnation, condemnation is for incessant preoccupation with the outward to the disregard of one's character. But every Christian woman is especially to concentrate on developing that chaste and reverent Christ-like character. And I appreciate what John MacArthur is saying here in his opinion. The Lord's not saying that you shouldn't take care of yourself or that that's not important. But when you're dealing with a difficult man, that is not the answer. In fact, one other writer said, the real question is, what do you depend on to make yourself beautiful? Peter's point is not that any of these are forbidden, but they should not be a woman's adornment, her source. Uh, uh, but they should not be a woman's adornment, her source of beauty. And if you think about it too, super, that, that would be more of a superficial solution. That's an easier fix. You know, I'll just fix myself up. I'll go buy a new wardrobe. I'll try to be more attractive. And again, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. But that is not what's going to help her husband because superficial solutions 
are not going to really give you the deep and abiding results that you desire. And you can only keep up those superficial attractions for only a certain amount of time. And then in verse number 4, he continues these instructions to these dear ladies that are married to difficult men, when in verse number 4 he says, but, okay, don't focus on the outside, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. You know, before we look at the next slide, just, just think about this. When you're married to a difficult person, this could be for the man or the woman, either one. When you're married to a difficult person, yeah, that's a challenge. That's hard. You love the Lord. You, you love being at church. Your husband could take it or leave it. Most often, he, he, he can leave it. Or in some cases, it's the wife that, that does that. And, but you need to think, what's God using that for in my life? You know, I'm dealing with a difficult situation with my spouse. But God has allowed that for a reason. And rather than me getting bitter or angry or just looking for a way out, let me see how God can use this trial to make me a better person in Christ. Now let's look back here at this verse, thinking about that. The Lord says, but let the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. But let the hidden man of the heart. Now, we're not real sure exactly what that means. You know, this is a letter 2,000 years old. What's he talking about there, the hidden man of the heart? Well, most of the commentators that I read as I try to gain a proper understanding of this says that that's referring to the Holy Spirit. It's it's the Holy Spirit in you. One writer says the idea of hidden man of the heart is that the personality of the Christian woman is made beautiful by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in glorifying the Lord Jesus and manifesting him in and through her life. The adornment must be spiritual, not physical. So he says in the previous verse, don't focus on the external, but focus on the hidden man of the heart. Let the Holy Spirit have free reign. Don't get a bad attitude. Don't get involved in things that are ungodly that's going to quench the Spirit. To do what you need to do, you're going to need to be aided by the hidden man of the heart. You're going to need need to be aided by the Holy Spirit because I believe in life based on my many years of uh, uh, of being in ministry and based on the, the fact of dealing with ladies that have difficult husbands, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. It's one of the most challenging things you'll ever do to get it right. And you're going to need the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one writer says, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. Real beauty comes from the hidden person of the heart. It isn't something you wear or print for. It's something you are. And you can do it. Whatever woman might be dealing with this situation, understand, you can do it. God won't give you anything too great that you are unable to achieve it. And then he goes on to say, further instruction, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. I could understand a woman being frustrated with her spouse and it getting to her. And her getting angry, getting loud, getting mad, maybe even throwing things. And it's for that reason the Lord directs her. 
the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. What, is that, what does meek mean? Meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. We need to understand that. And a moderation of our anger and resentment upon occasion of moral wrongs, it means when you're done wrong, you're not going to react in the flesh, but you're going to react in a Christ-like way in a meek spirit. That doesn't mean the man walks all over you. doesn't mean he abuses you. doesn't mean he, he treats you like a doormat. But it means your spirit is going to be controlled by Christ, not your flesh. So he talks about a meek spirit and a quiet spirit. A quiet spirit, the opposite to that which we describe as loud. The loud woman is the ostentatious woman moving about in broad sensations. Talks about a calm temper, a contented mind, a heart free from passion, pride, envy, and irritability, a soul not subject to the agitations and vexations of those who live for fashion and who seek to be distinguished for external adorning. So I think the Lord knows our nature and he heads it off in advance by saying, have a meek and quiet spirit. And then he says in verse number five, and we'll be wrapping this up. In verse number five, he changes gears again and says this. For after this manner, he's given an example now. He said, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Okay? They're not going to take it outside the, the, the marriage. They're not going to be tempted. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. One writer said concerning this, and I quote, Sarah's submission to Abraham was demonstrated by two things. First, she obeyed Abraham, even while it was difficult and he sometimes was wrong. Second, she honored Abraham by calling him Lord. And this isn't saying that, you know, that difficult man that a woman may be living with, that she needs to literally call him Lord. But she needs to look to the fact that a woman like Sarah, who was put in difficult situations at times, was living under a lot of pressure uh, of living with this man and all of his responsibilities, just understand it can be done. As Sarah did it, yes, you can do it. I think it's really neat in Scripture that he gives all the instructions, and a good speaker in, in preparing a message or a sermon or a lecture, if he's a good speaker, he's, he's probably going to give some examples of what he's talking about to encourage people. Otherwise, it may just sound like theory, but that'll never work. But what the Lord does here through Peter, he says, well, for example, Sarah, she did it. Well, the idea being you're thinking, well, okay, if Sarah could do it, I can do it too. One other writer said concerning this, a woman can trust her, her ability to influence and control her husband, or she can trust God and be submissive. A woman can trust her outward adornment, or she can trust God and cultivate a gentle and quiet spirit. It all comes back to trust in God. So she should be like the holy women who trusted in God. So, if there's a lady in this room, or a lady that may listen to this online later, 
And you're thinking, that's all pie in the sky. That's not reasonable. That, that can't happen. The Lord gives us as an example. He said, there were holy women of old. For example, Sarah, who did this. And if I'm a woman in a difficult situation, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back in the Old Testament and read about Sarah. And I'm going to study Sarah. And I'm going to let Sarah be my mentor. And I'm going to know, I'm going to become an expert on Sarah because I'm going to find encouragement. The Lord's pointing me to her. There's something to be learned there. I'm going to spend some time there. So, if you're living with a difficult, demanding person, understand that the Lord addresses that. He may be unsaved, or he may be saved, and may be terribly backslidden. And the way to do it is not yelling at him, but the way to do it is through a godly attitude and a godly spirit and a godly life. Now, that can be challenging. That can be hard. So, let me give you just seven helps from the pastor, tips from the pastor. I've done my share of marriage coaching over the last few years. My, my first half of ministry hated it, but now I enjoy it because I've got resources and I've got experience and, you know, I enjoy working with folks. So based on my uh, conversations and work with a number of people through the years that have faced this situation, let me just give you the application, how, how some practical things that can help you. Number one, if you're in that difficult situation, by all means, be faithful in church. You know, life at home can drain you, so you got to get filled back up. And the best place to get filled back up is in church, in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night. It's just funny how Satan works. You go through problems, and I don't know why it is, but oftentimes the thing you think about giving up first is church. I'm mad at him. I don't feel like going to church. That's when you need to go to church. I'm depressed because of him. I don't feel like going to church. That's when you need to go the most. And you know this. Any of you have been saved any length of time, the the least you feel like going to church, when you go there, you're always glad that you did. You never go to church and say, well, I thought that was going to be a dumb idea, and it was. I've never heard anybody say that. It might be challenging. It might take everything you have to go ahead and get ready and go to church because you're disgusted, you're fed up, you're mad, you're hurt, you're disappointed. You can't see this turning out well at any point in time. No, be faithful in church. And when you least like feel like going to church, when you least feel like going to church, be faithful in church. Number two, along the same lines, have your personal devotional time every day. Spend time in God's Word. And, And look, Go to passages that relate to what you're dealing with. And go to passages where you will find encouragement. I mean, go back to 1 Peter chapter 3 and study that. Go back and let your, let your devotions focus on Sarah. Let your, foc- let your, uh, your um, look to Psalms. I mean, David is a man, but he dealt with frustrations. He dealt with problems. He dealt with his own weaknesses. And he bears his soul out there for everybody. When you're going through troubles, one of the best places you can go is, is the Psalm. You can go to Proverbs for golden nuggets out of Proverbs. So again, I encourage people, as far as your daily devotions are concerned, if you want them to be most meaningful... And if you want to make it where you're looking forward to doing your devotion tomorrow, be doing devotions that relate to what you're dealing with. And you will be eager to get there, and you'll want to linger there. Number three, find several mature lady friends to seek counsel from. You might find a lady friend that has been through the exact same thing. Draw close to her. 
you need somebody to talk to. The Bible says that two are better than one. The Bible talks about their safety in a multitude of counselors. You don't want to isolate yourself. You, you want to have lady friends that you can just call sometimes or, or, or say, hey, can we, hey, how about after church we, we go get a cup of coffee or how about I meet you Tuesday at noon at the restaurant or, or whatever. You need those lady friends. And I can tell you, there are ladies like that in this church that are mature, that are godly, that will be understanding, that will be patient, that will be sympathetic, empathetic. So find several mature lady friends to seek counsel from. Number four, and I think this one is critical, find a place in ministry to serve. Find a place in ministry to serve. Don't, don't say, well, I'm going to drop out of the choir because it's rough at home. Don't say, I'm going to stop this or I'm going to stop. No, you, you, need, you need that place where, you know, things are hard at home. So you need some positive things in your life. And getting involved in ministry is positive. Whether it's a greeter at the door or helping at the welcome center or whatever it might be. Working in the nursery, teaching a Sunday school class. Being involved in ministry, that, that's energizing. It's sustaining. It, it keeps you focused in a, in, a, in a positive way. Number five, acquire resources on the topic. Find books, find video series, find podcasts. That, that deal with, with the topics that you're having the most trouble with. You say, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to, where to find stuff. Uh, a great resource is my wife. Talk to Sharon. She's, she's always re- researching and finding resources that would apply to different ladies in different situations. Find those resources. Invest in yourself. Uh, number six, and this is the one warning, do not confide in other men. Any lady that's going through a tough marriage, the last thing you want to do is share your heart with another man. Can I hear an amen on that one? That's a dangerous, dangerous situation. Don't do it. Might be some nice guy at work. Might be some nice neighbor guy. That is a recipe for disaster. Your needs aren't being met at home, and every woman has needs, every man has needs. Dr. Harley's figured that out beautifully, and he's dead on right. And when those needs aren't being met at home, you can be vulnerable. And here comes along some guy without any kind of, he's not saved, he has no character, but he wants to listen. You're not getting that at home. He, 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 he brings something for you to eat, you know, or some candy or something. I, I noticed you were down yesterday, and I feel, here, here's a box of candy or whatever, you know, that, that's, a, that's a need for affection, and he's meeting that need. Or the fact that you can talk, talk openly and honestly with him. You have to be very, very, very careful. Sharon will testify this. When, when we're watching something on TV, and, and it might be a Dr. Field show or something, where they're talking with couples that have marital problems and one is cheating on the other, invariably, is it not true, Sharon? It's because somebody's needs wasn't being met at home. You know. Now, now, that's not an excuse for that person to do what they do, but it's a reason. It's a reason. So again, I can't say that enough. Do not, when you're going through a tough time with your husband at home, do not confide in other men. And then lastly, this one goes almost without saying, pray. Be sure and, and pray. 
couple of quotes we conclude here. So in Peter's message to the wife is to do all you can do to win your husband with your meekness and with a quiet spirit and that tranquility that arises from within and remains unshaken by circumstances. This is not, this writer says, an easy command, especially in our modern liberated feminist era where women are taught independence and self-assertion. Yet God speaks their truths, for he knows and understands the hearts of all mankind, and he knows what is best. What did the Lord say? 1 Peter 3.1 Likewise, ye wives. Now you understand this verse. Let's look at it. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Don't be thinking about something you shouldn't. That if any obey not the word, that difficult, backslidden, unsaved man, they may also, without the word, be won. How? By the conversation or your lifestyle. While they behold your chaste conversation, your pure conversation, your innocent conversation, coupled with fear, you're motivated by the fact you, you dare not do anything else because God has warned you. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, the Holy Spirit, in that which is not corruptible. Of course, that's the Holy Spirit. Even the ornament, you should wear it proudly of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. I tell you this last story with permission, with permission from Sally Doobie. I was sitting over with Sally after the morning service, and we were talking. And some of you in this room knew her husband, Joe, and uh, many of you did not know Joe. But uh, Joe was unsaved and oftentimes acted like an unsaved man would. And Sally was married to him for a number of years. She said she prayed for him for 40 years. 40 years she prayed for that man. When I got here, Sally was faithful in church. Sally was faithful to play the piano. Sally told me not too long ago the reason she doesn't play the piano anymore is because her fingers doesn't do what her mind tells it to. Right, Sally? You tell them to do one thing and they say, "Uh uh-uh. Sally was faithful. And I don't know how long ago it was while Joe was still alive that I had the opportunity to witness to him and lead him to the Lord. And Joe got saved. And Sally was quick to add, that didn't make him a saint. But it sure made it a lot better. I remember joking with Joe. I kept trying to get him to come to church. I said, Joe, this true story. I said, Joe, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. And he was a nice guy. He was nice to me. I enjoyed being around him. I said, you need to come to church. He said, no, pastor. He said, if I, if I come to church, either the roof will cave in. I said, Joe, no, no, the roof's not. Gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, the roof will cave in. Do you know he came to church? And in the old building there, the roof caved in. <laughs> I, do you remember that, Bob? It was a side entrance into that fellowship hall room. Anybody remember that? Yeah, okay, Kate, remember that? And not all of it, not the whole room, but right around the, the entrance of the door. And that, that was Joe Doobie's fault. 
when he came. But Sally reminded me, she said, I think, Pastor, it was 40 years that I prayed for him or something thereabout. So Joe's in heaven today because of a good godly wife that, Sally, you don't mind me saying, you had to endure some stuff. It wasn't, wasn't easy sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, but I think I can tell you that Sally lived 1 Peter chapter 3 as best she could. And I'm sure it wasn't easy sometimes. In fact, I know it wasn't. But Peter pointed people back to Sarah. I'll point you to Sally. <laughs> you know, and be encouraged by that. Let's stand, please. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.